The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good afternoon, everybody. Evening morning whenever you end up listening to this it's currently 4 40 p.m eastern on the last day of january january 31st the year 2024 i released thursday's slate the thursday podcast yes earlier this morning this is going to be the friday podcast we're covering a three-match slate in the lpl a two-match slate in the lck and the lcs games because the lcs is in a super week this week playing on friday saturday and sunday the plan is to get um, a Saturday show out uh, probably Thursday morning during the Eastern slate and to get the Sunday slate hopefully later on Thursday afternoon uh, as I am running thin on time here to get all this content in for everybody. But anyway, um, so I'm not going to be doing recaps. I just am not going to have time to get to it this week. I have watched some of these games. I'm just not going to be able to you know write out a script and do these recaps on here. So... Um, anybody that wants to keep track of everything, I have my PNL posted and all my picks posted on Twitter. Um, if I get a chance to, I'll do a recap. It's not likely to this week. So let's get right into this slate for, uh, Friday. My day's all mixed up. All right. So the LPL on Friday, we've got three matches. Obviously I'm not going to have the lineups posted yet. Uh, I mentioned yesterday on the pod, you can check out, there's a number of accounts on Twitter at LPL fan club at Hoopoo Esports. There's a few other ones that post these starting lineups, uh, or you can check it out through Weibo as well. Um, so pending any kind of dramatic changes to the lineups, uh, if we get any weird lineup changes and it changes any opinions or thoughts I have on these matches, I will be doing that through the Patreon since I won't have time to record anything. So hit the Patreon up. It's 12 bucks a month. Helps me keep the lights on here. Helps me keep doing all this stuff. Pays for server costs. Pays for my help to set stuff up and everything. Um, yeah, so do that. Anyway, we have Ninjas in Pajamas, minus 204 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 156, and the plus 1.5 is at minus 597. Team WE, plus 165 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 191, minus 1.5 at plus 425. Assuming we get the same lineups here, it doesn't seem like these teams have really wanted to change up too much. Um, NIP played this morning against JDG. They lost 2-0, but they looked really, really good. They were two very, very competitive games. They were close to the first 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, well, 20 to 25 minutes. The one kind of turned pretty quick. Uh, really, they could have won both these games. It was They were coin flip games. They just flipped tails twice. Um, not literally. They made mistakes. They got outplayed by JDG. But, you know, just looking at the, the game script for how it looked, these games could have gone either way. I liked their drafts in both. Um, yeah, it was interesting. Um, the The second game in particular, I thought it was a great spot for Lily. I know some of the co-streamers were talking a lot about that. At least that's what I was reading in the Discord anyway. I wasn't actually listening to a lot of it, but great spot for Lily. Unfortunately, they got um, a fed Udyr, and that didn't work out. So, But cool to see NIP kind of experimenting a little bit. They're coming right back into action here on Friday morning. WE... Um, you know, I've expressed optimism about this team. I think they're probably going to be a playoff team when it's all said and done. 
But this is a pretty big step up in competition for them. They haven't faced anybody this good. And I think NIP, if that series this morning showed you anything, I mean, maybe this will be like the ultimate head fake, but if that series this morning showed you anything, it's that I think NIP are legitimately good. And um, I'm going to be treating them as like a top four, top six team, like an elite team that could be a you know contender for a title here. So generally those kind of teams – you want to give a bump up in your qualitative read for things when they're facing teams that aren't in that tier with them. Now, I think WE are probably going to be, you know, maybe like a half tier down eventually. Are they there now? That's the question. Um, I didn't play a side in this contest. I leaned Ninjas in Pajamas on the money line, but didn't play anything. Uh, I'm probably going to be playing kill total overs in this contest, but none of the... Um, Market making books actually have the numbers up. There's a couple square shops that do. Um, I think Bet365 was floating like a 24.5 or a 23.5. I think it was 23.5. Well, when the, the market makers kind of release the prices on these, what I'll probably end up doing is playing an alt kill total over at like 25.5 plus 120 or so, plus 130 or so. Um, you know, usually. W WE look like they want to be like one of these like time total over kill total under slow grindy games teams. That's generally been how they play, but in their losses, they've just kind of like kept throwing themselves at teams. Um, they don't have many, but uh, NIP are definitely going to play aggressive. They're definitely going to bring the fight to you. That's been consistent with them so far this season. So I think this could get a little bit chippy, even if WE ends up losing this. Even if WE win, I think NIP have a good chance of throwing themselves at them. So I will look to play kill total overs, like an alt over, like 25 and a half at plus 120 or so when it gets posted. No official plays yet. I will post those on the Patreon when I get them. Next up, we have Ultra Prime, plus 318 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 103, minus 1.5 at plus 813 against Fun Plus Phoenix, minus 422 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps, plus, uh, minus 117, plus 1.5 at minus 1358. Um, you know, I don't usually like laying big prices with mid-table teams against bottom-of-the-table teams, but I seriously think this Ultra Prime team is just unserious and terrible. So I'm actually going to be, I'm just like ignoring what my model says here. My model says this price is like a little too ridiculous. Uh, but I'm going to just play FPX minus 1.5 maps at minus 117 for one unit. There's really not a whole lot to say. I, I think this Ultra Prime team has a chance to be historically bad. And I think FPX are going to be at least challenging for a playoff spot. They actually look pretty good right now. So, um, yeah. Good team versus bad team. Maybe not a great team, but a good team versus a bad team. Just don't overthink this. Um, I think it's when you have like teams that I'm kind of for projecting a little bit. Maybe Ultra Prime. Maybe I'm being a little too low on Ultra Prime. They've looked god awful so far. So I'm willing to fade them into oblivion until they show me that they give a shit. Next up, we have a really interesting one. We have Anyone's Legend, minus 175 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 172, plus 1.5 at minus 531 against LGD Gaming, plus 143 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 212, minus 1.5 at plus 386. So, models made this wrong team favored. They like LGD more, but what I'll say is Anyone's Legends have played a much tougher schedule. Um, the thing is, like, AL haven't played anybody. Like, this is by far anyone's Legends' easiest contest so far. Um, LGD had a really weird series where they probably should have lost two games. They won a game they shouldn't have won, and they lost a game they shouldn't have lost against Ultra Prime. 
and it's against Ultra Prime. And I'll be honest with you, like, it's going to be really hard to get that kind of thing out of your head. But you really, sometimes teams just have weird series, especially teams that aren't good. So, I don't know. This is a really weird, like, it's a weird price. Like, my first thought on this was I actually like what I've seen from Anyone's Legend better. But I liked I like what I've seen from LGD relative to my preseason expectations. But the preseason expectations were very very low for LGD. So, like AL who were like kind of meeting what I thought they'd be like visually, like in like watching their games, and LGD who were exceeding my expectations, but they were very low. But then you look at the data for both these teams, and they both just suck. So like, really, AL's data is a lot worse. But they've played against better teams. So like. I don't know, grain of salt there, I guess. I think, like, Anyone's Legend is probably the better team. I don't think it's it's clear-cut yet. But, like, from what like they're probably the better team. They've just had to face good teams. And there's a good chance that this makes me look stupid tomorrow and they should they just, like, steamroll this game. But my, my instinct is telling me here that, like, this is too big a price for a team that we're not entirely sure about yet. And LGD have shown some competitive games against you know better teams than them. So while I don't agree with the models that LGD should be favored or anything like that, this is one of the larger divergences I've seen in model price so far this season. And I usually like to investigate those a little bit more. Um, they AL probably is the better team. They probably should be favored. This just feels like a big number this early in the season. And usually when you get these like I don't know if they're going to be a bad team yet. I don't know if this is a bad team versus a good team, bad team versus a mediocre team, or a bad team versus a bad team. Usually in those kind of matchups, if it's a bad team versus bad team matchup, just take the plus money and hold your nose and move on, right? Uh, I believe the SGP guys call it a close your eyes special. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Like, these two teams aren't consistent. They both make a lot of mistakes. I could see them throwing games. Uh, so I took I took LGD plus 143 on the money line for one unit. We'll see how stupid this ends up looking. The player I like more than the side in this one is the kill total over. Now, normally when you get these like lower table teams against each other, it's actually they actually tend to be under games, especially right now um, across the globe. Like the weaker teams against each other have been like slam dunk underplays. But I think in this specific scenario, these two teams are a little chippy, and I think there's a good chance that we see kind of like what we saw in Invictus and RA throwing the game back and forth and maybe we get an extra fight or two and get a kill total over in, you know, through the back door that way. Um, for what it's worth, like I do the kill projections on this game. Uh, the models came out to like, came out to like a little over 24 and a half. It was like 24.6. So I don't know. I think there's upside. You could probably maybe play alt overs in this too, but I play, I actually played over 23 and a half kills at minus 116 for one unit on maps one and two each one unit. So next up we have the LCK week two, day three, Friday morning slate. We have the Kwangdong Freaks fresh off their 2 0 upset of D plus Kia this morning at plus 815 on the money line. The plus 1.5 maps plus 224. The minus 1.5 is at 20 to 1. Against Gen G minus thirteen sixty two minus one point five maps at minus two eighty four. Gen G are a wagon. Gen G look really really good. Gen G are one of the two teams. Maybe someone else joins them, but they're one of the two definite elite teams right now. They are much better than most of the rest of the league. But this is a massive massive number, and straight up like, you know, Kwangdong look confident. They are playing the best league that this organization's played in years. 
Bull is the story of the year in any league, in my opinion. And, you know, they're just – they're feeling good. They're feeling confident. They just beat a good team this, this morning. There's a chance that there's, like, a letdown spot after a big, you know, a big emotional victory. And I don't know if you, if you saw, like, the players in that game after they won. They were stoked. This was, like, huge for them. But you know what? Like, I, I think they can keep it going. I already talked about how they were trending up, and they just keep getting better. I'm not going to play – a map spread. I'm actually going to switch it up. I'm going to play plus 10.5 kills on maps 1 and 2, minus 130 each, one unit each. Um, and I'm going to play a tenth of a unit on the money line, 0.1 on uh, Kwangdong plus 815 on the money line. Um, I'm also going to play the, um, each map over 4.5 dragons at plus 240 for one unit each. Now, that number is almost definitely going to change. That's, that's from... 365 and a couple of the other euro books who are usually very very square when it comes to these prop prices i'm going to wait and i'll i'll end up changing that to pinnacles pricing because that's where i'm probably going to play it um now the models make this closer obviously but they have trouble pricing in the elite teams and the historically like the very bad teams but I think, like, I think just ride the momentum. Like, they're playing really, really well right now. If Gen.G end up, like, steamrolling them and smacking them here, that's fine. But I think, like, it with these kind of prices, you just need Kwangdong to be competitive in one game. They don't even need to win one game. They just need to make one game last a little longer or win a couple skirmishes and make this go an extra five minutes to, to a fifth Drake. And you're going to cash on this. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I would not rule out that Kwangdong run hot and they actually just win another one, but I also wouldn't rule out that Genji kind of reality checked them and say, welcome to the big leagues. But yeah, Kwangdong plus 10.5 kills at minus 130 for one unit on maps one and two. A tenth of a unit on the Kwangdong money line at plus 815. Uh, that's point one units. And then I played map one and map two over 4.5 dragons at plus 240 for one unit. Realistically, that's probably not going to be that price, but I like it. Like any, like at worst, that should be like plus 150, and it's plus 240 is a stupid price. So anything above, you know, plus 150 is good. The second LCK match on Friday is a doozy and one that I've got some opinions on. Hamwa Life minus 183 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 167, plus 1.5 at minus 543 against D plus Kia plus 149, plus one on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 206, minus 1.5 at plus 393. Well, I said it earlier in the week and I'm sticking to my guns here. Um, I'm not going to let one upset loss change my opinion of things. I think D plus kind of just ran into a team that played literally the best series I think that Kwangdong's played in like two or three years. Sometimes you you just catch a team that's running red hot on a day. I mean, ST1 about Brion, SGNG about Brion. Like sometimes sometimes these teams just have a day. Now, I don't think D-plus looked good yesterday, but I think you do have to give credit where it's due to Kwangdong. I still think it was mostly a good Kwangdong series. Also kind of a weird game one draft. Uh D-plus played a super execution-heavy composition. Kind of a weird 1-3-1 comp with Udyr and the AD LeBlanc, and they played, like, the, the Lucian and all that. So, uh, game two, they actually tried the Cogmall Milio, which was kind of cool. I like that uh, that adaptation. just didn't work out. Kong, really, Andal played out of his mind today. Won the first game because, you know, D-plus sold out for a mid-game comp, and their bot lane got behind, and that was the end of it. And then in the second game, they just they honestly looked a little bit rattled. Like, they just got punched in the mouth a little bit. Here's the thing with this, though. 
my thesis on Hamwa still hasn't changed. My thesis on D plus still hasn't changed. Like it, like I said, I was going to play this match earlier in the week. I'm going to play it here. Um, until Hanwha, I mean, I'm willing to, I'm essentially saying I'll pay to see Hanwha prove me wrong is what I'm saying here. Like, I still don't think this team is going to be able to beat the good teams. And I still think D plus are a good team. And anybody that's good and proactive early and actually can convert on leads and not, you know, massively screw up every single game in the mid game is going to beat Hanwha. Yeah, they have great players, but they're super one dimensional. This coaching, like, look, it looks to me so far, and it's early, and things can change, and maybe I'll end up being ultimately wrong about Hamwa, but until they show me something different than what we saw all last year, I'm essentially treating this team exactly like I treated the team last year, and the team last year won, like, maybe one series all year against a good team. Gate kept the bottom of the table, and that's all they did. Like, they went pretty much undefeated. I think they lost one game to a bottom-half team all season. And they beat a good team like all last season. So that put them like squarely in fourth or fifth place. And that's like, I think that's what we're seeing again. Just the way they play is not proactive. They don't engineer advantages for themselves. They just stand around and hope the enemy team screws up. And if you don't screw up, you beat them. So I think teams are going to be able to jump out, jump out to leads on them. I think teams that are smart and experienced are going to be able to close games on them. And that's the end of it. It's the whole handicap here. For what it's worth, the models made this a short price too. So the models like D plus slightly as well. So I played D plus money line plus one point or plus one forty nine at one unit and the minus one point five maps at plus three forty three for a quarter unit. The kill total on this is also very low. I would lean over nineteen and a half kills, but I think it just depends. Like the way Hamwa play, they're an under team, like no matter how you slice it. But 19 and a half is very low. You're essentially banking on like one extra fight and you're going to get there with it. But I think D plus, I would lean over, but they haven't posted anything yet. I probably won't ultimately end up playing it because I think deep Hama are either going to get steamrolled or they're going to do, you know, the chill, nothing. There's five kills at 25 minutes into the game and that's the end of it. Unless the other team is just like throwing themselves into them and dying over and over. So Lastly, on Friday, we have the LCS again. Uh, this is a super week. Um, so we have four matches on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, first up, we have Immortals plus 456 against Cloud9 minus 650. Cloud9 obviously getting upset by Shopify. As soon as the one time I don't back Shopify, they're doing the Carmine Corp thing. Both those teams are kind of on my shit list now. Shopify a little less so. Cloud9 kind of got too cute in that draft with the Vayne mid the other day. I, it was a neat idea, but it didn't work. And they ended up just like, honestly, they ended up losing because of that. Like straight up, they just got ran over in that game. I you know, I don't think it changes my thesis on Cloud9. You know, Immortals have looked competent. I think Immortals might actually be okay. Um, the one thing about going to eight teams in the LP, in the LCS is that I think a lot of these, like there's a lot more parity in the middle of the table. The thing is like Cloud9 are still just way better than everybody. So I played Cloud9, Cloud9 minus 9.5 kills at minus 120 for one unit. I, I just think they're probably just going to keep steamrolling teams until further notice. It was just a weird fluky one last week. Next up, we have Team Liquid plus 164 against NRG minus 202. Um, man, I, I hate both these teams. Um, I think Energy just remain overrated, and they're just going to continue to be overrated as long as they're good. Liquid... Liquid have shown some good things, but like APA is still just a liability every game. 
Like he even the game the other day on Tristana where he, I think he had like seven three and six or something. He was still not good in that game and almost lost it for them. And like yeah, I hate this liquid team. I think they're he's a liability, but I think the other four players are good enough that they're just gonna win a lot of games because the other guys are good. Um I worry a little bit about Liquid. Like they're showing a lot of the same signs as last year, just like struggling to close games, people getting picked off, some of the communication being a little bit off. But I don't know. Like they have enough good players. Uh, this might look stupid too, but like I'm playing Liquid Moneyline plus one sixty four. Like there's it's just too big a price, I think, for energy. And again, like they're experienced. They're pretty good at problem solving. I, I don't think Liquid's a bad team. I just think they're, they're. I don't think Energy's a bad team. I just think they're way overrated, and I think the market overrates them. And you have to pay a premium for them. So it's either fade them or pass. And I think I'm gonna take a shot. I'm taking a shot with Liquid on this one. Next up, we have Dignitas minus one eighteen against Shopify Rebellion minus minus one hundred two. Models made this flip favorite, but essentially a pick'em. Um, Shafi pulled the upset win. Cloud9 kind of gifted them a draft win there. Um, Thesis hasn't really changed much on Shopify for me. I like this team. I'm generally bullish on this team. Dignitas, I still can't really put a finger on what this team is, what they're doing. Like, I don't know. It's it's still really early in the LCS. There were only four games in, really. And, you know, I, I took a couple shots on Shopify, but I think I'm at a point now where, like, I'm just going to wait and see what we're actually dealing with. I, like, I am I still think I'm pretty sure I know what Shopify is. I'm really not sure what Dignitas is. And, you know, I don't think the, the itch is worth the scratch on either side of this, personally. I think Shopify, from what I've watched like, you know, I've, I've watched at least all the games these teams have played at least once, sometimes twice. And I think Shopify have had better film than Dignitas. But, like, you look at a lot of the underlying stuff and it's like, I don't know, these two teams are pretty similar. So, like, I don't know. I, I would lean Shopify, but I didn't end up playing anything this one. I just don't think it's enough of an edge in either side to really make a, make a justified play. I'll probably steamroll this and, you know, have me pining to get back on the on the train. Uh, last match, we have FlyQuest against 100 Thieves. FlyQuest minus 200, 100 Thieves plus 163. So I've actually liked a lot of what I've seen from 100 Thieves. I think for a relatively inexperienced and young team, I think they problem solve pretty well in game when they are in disadvantageous situations or odd situations. Um, the thing is, like, their under-the-hood metrics are not good. Like, they're very bad, actually. And, you know, I wrote in the Patreon article that this team reminds me a lot of, like, the early iterations of Mad Lines that were, like, had good records. And they remind me a lot of, like, AL two years ago, where it was a team that, like, when they got the kills, they actually were good at converting on it. But they had bad economy if they weren't getting kills. Like, their agnostic economy was abysmal. But... They beat good teams when good teams fought them early and when they actually converted on the kills and got that kill gold. Now, generally speaking, the reason I, I came up with and developed Agnostic Economy was to kind of see through the noise because I think you know you can usually tell usually tell the teams that have good macro and are good at collecting all the gold in the map and creating and engineering advantages on their own without having to get kills. Like, it's the reason that you see teams win games like 15-3 to and, you know, their economy is still incredible, whereas other teams are averaging like another three or four kills a game, but they don't have as good an economy, right? 
And back in the day when I wanted to figure this out, I was like, you know, wait a minute, like there's something to this. Like G2 were like the initial team that made me interested in this concept. Where I digress. Um, Hundred Thieves Agnostic Economy is abysmal. Uh, FlyQuest is actually pretty good. Um, they play a much more controlled, different kind of game, but I don't know. Like my my gut instinct when I first saw this was like, this is a pretty big price for FlyQuest to be laying. But then I kind of like looked at it and I kind of thought through a lot of the games that these two teams have played. And I think FlyQuest are probably going to be in an advantageous situation in most outcomes in this game. I didn't end up playing it. I would lean FlyQuest Moneyline, but I didn't end up playing anything. I think I, I like 100 Thieves. Maybe they'll end up getting better, but their under the hood stuff is as legit concerning to me. But I don't know. Maybe they're just like a feisty fight you team, like Energy War, like two years ago. And like, you know, those uh, teams I mentioned earlier, like Mad Lines three or four years ago, um, Anyone's Legend two years ago. There's a couple of these teams that sometimes they have good results, even if I don't think they're ultimately that good. Anyway, yeah, I, no play in this one. I also would lean, um, when they get posted, I'm probably going to end up playing alt kill total overs, but um, they're not up yet, so. You know, I'll check the Patreon for that. That's going to be it for now. I will see you guys again tomorrow morning with hopefully Saturday and Sunday's posts at some point tomorrow.